0: Babe, there's something different about my mango pineapple smoothie.
1: Really? My caramel frappe tastes fine. Nah, something's
0: definitely different.
1: No difference? Other than I got them for half off because
2: I ordered on the app.
0: Well, that explains it. Explains what? things seem to taste so much better when you're getting a sweet deal.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right now at Mickey D's, get fifty percent off any size McCafe beverage when you order through the McDonald's app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Followed one time per day. This McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required.
0: What's up, guys?
1: It's Chloe Culpepper, marketing coordinator for the Westwood Collective, and I'm here today at the Junction in Old Hilliard. The Junction in Old Hilliard offers flexible office space for all your small business needs, 24-7 co-working memberships, and affordable private offices with reservable conference rooms, daily refreshments, and shared amenities. Work, meet, network. Visit us at junction614.com. That's junction614.com to learn more.
0: Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. My name's Corby LaCroix, and the song you're hearing right now is called Great and Mighty One, available on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your music. But for now, recording from the Unscripted studio at the Junction in Old Hilliard, here's your host and my friend, Aaron Conrad. Hi,
3: everybody. Welcome back to Unscripted from my studios in Old Hilliard and... Speaking of old history, uh, I, you know, I, I'm just going to just cut straight to the chase. I don't want to take any more time than is necessary for me to just sit over here and talk. I want to go to what I believe is going to be one of the most powerful stories we've ever shared on Unscripted. And I, I can tell you this up front, one of the most awesome people um, I know. And uh, I have the blessing to, uh, to call my friends. So, uh, Sean, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, we'll go from there. Awesome. Well, I
4: appreciate it, Aaron. I appreciate you even uh, taking the time to consider having me uh, on, on the show. It's definitely an honor and a privilege. Anytime I get the opportunity to to share to share my story, to, to just talk with good people, which i put you in that category, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, yeah, man. So, again, my name is uh, Sean Lane. I grew up in uh, northeast Ohio, um, a city called Youngstown, um, with my, my mom. So she was a single parent of, of four. Um, and life was, uh, it, it got challenging at times. So I, I grew up in a a faith-based environment where we went to church, man. We went to church so much. I mean, we lived in church. The kids that I went to church with were closer friends than the kids I went to school with. That's how much mm. I went to church. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, Sunday, uh, twice, uh, morning and evening, Tuesday night, Wednesday was rehearsal, Friday night. thats That was every week. Um, so, you know, and my mom, she taught us that, you know, church was a, a priority. Um, so growing up, I didn't really have the opportunity to participate in many sports simply because if it got, if it was a conflict with our church schedule, we just we just couldn't do it. So mm-hmm. we were uh, always in church. I never uh, played uh, football. I never, I mean, in the yard I did, you know, street ball, but, I never really participated in any organized sports, um, and at the time, I didn't understand really the importance of, of church. I knew that we went a lot, um, I knew that it was a major part of our life, but I didn't really uh, understand the, the purpose behind it, if you will. Uh, so we just, I, I just thought we were just going to this place all the time to learn about God. But um, now, you know, years later, I understand the importance of not only being in church but having a relationship with God, but Going back to to my time then, so yeah, we did we did participate in many sports. So I uh, grew up in the inner city. Uh, uh, you know, my, my mom really figured it out. You know, she she really figured out just just her um, and us four. I got two brothers and a, a younger a sister from my mom, and then I got a step brother and a stepsister uh, on my dad's side. But I, I think back to you know my mom and how hard she worked. And how much she did for for us to, to try to make it. I I didn't know that we were really struggling until I got older. And I, you know, you you can't really hide when the when the lights get cut off or if, if the water gets cut off. You, you can't really hide that any uh, from from your kids. So it was at those times when I start realizing that you know we're you know we're kind of struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, now I say oh, all the say, my dad. You know, I love my dad. So I love my dad to this day, and I love them then too. Uh, he just wasn't as present. Um, at that time, but now our relationship is is amazing. And I talk to him every week, and you know, no love lost there. But again, I'm just referencing back when I was when I was growing up. So, um, so yeah, uh, we were pretty good uh, in sports, street ball, because we didn't play um, on actual teams or in organized sports uh, because of church. Uh, but uh, I fast forward to you know my my eighth grade year in middle school and. You know, my mom worked, so she would, had to be at work from, I think, 8 to 6 or something like that. Um, in middle school, we went to school so early, so I mean I was catching a bus at like 6.30. I had to be at the bus stop, and then we normally got out of school about 2.15. Uh, so I don't know why I thought it was okay. It wasn't okay, but I still did it. <laughs> um, I just tried out for the football team. So I would go to practice every day, uh, and then I would get home before my mom got home from work. Uh, so she had no idea. She had so, no so idea. Hang
3: on, Sean. So, so you played football. Your mom didn't even know. I was on a football team. My mom didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead.
4: Yes. Yep. So here it is. I'm every day, and you know my my the house that we lived in wasn't necessarily close to the middle school I went to because um, they had closed down like two years prior. They had closed down the middle school that was near my house, so they were just busting students all to one middle school, which was. I would say, you know, 10, 15 miles away easily from my actual uh, house. Uh, So by me playing sports, I mean, I had to find a ride home after practice, which means I normally walked home. (laughs) So I would hurry up and hustle home before she got home from work, you know,
3: just you know, try to backdoor. That's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. What about so, like waivers and stuff? Did you have to get waivers signed, or it, it's a different time? I, I, but
4: yeah, different. I don't know if I forged it or what. You know, that, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, um, so yeah. So here we are on practice, and I'm going to practice every day, and it turns out to be I'm start quarterback. You know, so. <laughs> I know, I know, man. Come on, man. <laughs> So here we are today. We're we're literally loading the bus to go to our first game, and I tell the coach like, "Hey, my mom don't even know I play football." <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So we go down to the office. He's like, "What you, what, what you mean?" Yeah. Uh, I said, "She don't. She don't know." So you know, because I couldn't hide it. Then, but the game wasn't going to be over till uh, after six o'clock. I wouldn't be able to make it home before she got home. So right. We go down to the office, we call her, you know, we're talking. She talked to the coach and then she get on, I get on the phone. I'm like, oh man, here we go. I thought I was in trouble. She like, you know, you know, what, go ahead, go ahead and play. So I'm like, oh my God, that was probably like one of the most exciting moments of my life to that point. Just to get the green light to actually play football. So we went out and she actually showed up to the game and had a really good game, she scored a couple of touchdowns. And, you know, that's where, that's where my football career actually kicked off. Uh, strangely enough, I didn't think that I was going to be able to play the very next year because I would have been in high school. Because high school football games are on Friday nights. You know, mm. we had church Friday nights. So mm. I was almost comfortable without even asking. I'm like, look, I'm going to get this one year in and I'm just going to hang my hat on that. Uh, but, you know, that, that following year, she said, look, I'm going to let your brothers play because I let you play one year. So she let us all play. And we, uh, that that's where a lot of, I think a lot of my toughness was built at, as far as uh, from a, a sports sportsmanship and um, the ability to compete uh, mm-hmm. because our school, you know, we are Division three, uh, but we were playing against the Maslins, the You know, we actually played against LeBron James my freshman year. That's right? <laughs> he, St. Yeah, St. he was a receiver. So, yeah, we played against St. Vincent, St. Mary's. That's and,
3: right.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was it was fun, but again, we were getting thrashed. We were getting demolished by some of these teams. They were bigger teams, and um, we just couldn't stack up against them. And but. Again, it it taught me toughness, um, and and how to um, prevail, if you will, against, against adversity. That, that was the introduction to it. Mm-hmm. So you you know you fast forward my my sophomore year, uh, had a a decent year, and, and then there was a school, uh, a Catholic school in my area called Urson, which they had just won the state title and mm-hmm. just a, a good school known for producing some uh, talent, and um, they were interested in me coming there to play. So I was. I, I was for it. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Everybody in the city knew about Ursula. If you had Ursin Letterman jacket on, you know, people knew who you were. So mm-hmm. I was looking forward to that that opportunity. Uh, so and it was it was crazy how God was already working in the details at that time. But again, here I am. You know, 14, 15 years old. I didn't see it. I just knew what I wanted and what I wanted to do. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna give you the details now. <laughs> So, in order to go to Ursuline, which Ursuline is in downtown near near WashU campus, uh, you cannot at the time you could not have a Youngstown address. You had to live somewhere outside of Youngstown to go to a school in Youngstown, which was strange. You that know, so strange, yeah. what we ended up doing was we used the address for um, one of my mom's best friends that went to our church, which mm-hmm. was out in Hubbard. It was out in the city called Hubbard. So we used her address to be able to register at Ursuline. My mom uh, took me and my old younger brother. My younger brother is a year younger than me, uh, so he was a freshman. She took us out of Youngstown City Schools, but my older brother was a senior, so she let him stay and you know finish out his time there. Um, and this is after Christmas. She took us out of school. She uh, with the intent to enroll us in Ursuline at the beginning of the new year. Uh, so we went to about two or three meetings at Ursuline, and it seemed like each time we went, something came up for the. His name was Father Murphy. He was a Principal he had to reschedule like literally three times, so my mom's taking off work, taking mm-hmm. us there, we're out of school for almost two weeks after school start because these meetings are keep getting postponed, and then finally after the third one she's like, you know what this is enough I'm, I'm just going I'm taking all to Hubbard so we went down a road to a school called Hubbard, and and that's where that's where i started. I, I didn't only thing I knew about Hubbard was that they went ten and 0 the year before. Mm-hmm. They had a guy named uh, Anthony Smith. which Anthony Smith was a, a great athlete. He went on to he went on to play at Syracuse. He won two Super Bowls. He won one with the um, with the Steelers and one with the Packers. Um, but again, that's the only thing I knew about at Hubbard at the time. So we ended up going there, and I remember I remember being frustrated mm-hmm. and not understanding. Like you know, I don't, I don't want to go to this school. I remember saying that to my mom. I don't want to go to this school. She said, well, you know, God has a plan.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
4: and we just gonna trust him what it. He's going to make a way. So uh, I remember the frustration in that conversation. Um, but, you know, that turned out be, to be one of the best moves that I've ever made. You know, I mm-hmm. get there, meet my my high school coach, Coach uh, Bayek, and, you know, he really took me under his wing and taught me a lot, not only about life, but he, uh, you know, even when Ohio State started coming and, and knocking, showing that they were interested, he was the one that was getting me down to Columbus mm-hmm. um, just to get with the coaches and go to the camp. So he was making sure that I was – where I need to be, but high school career went, went well. Um, we got we got offered by Ohio State uh, my after my junior year, which was right after they won the two thousand two national championship. So it was it was a no brainer. Uh, that's that's where I was going. I remember being in at Coach Trussell's office. My dad uh, was there, and my dad played at Ohio State. You know, he was a captain back in the eighties.
3: Okay.
4: Uh, so just that, you know, that tradition that that opportunity was just. When he told me that they wanted to offer it, I said, yeah, where do I sign? Like, I, I'm here. He said, well, right. no. You know, he said, you go home and think about it. They was actually going to meet the president after winning the national championship. He said, and I'll get back with you on Tuesday when we're back in
3: town. So Wow. Well, and you I know, think. Youngstown guy, you probably knew Trestle, right? I mean, you, you were familiar yeah. with Trestle and, and, and really the, the Trestle family, I think it's connected yeah, to yeah. Youngstown State, I, and that I could be wrong on that, but, um, yeah. I, you know, I know even growing up in Cleveland, everybody knew Trestle, you know, and he was so yeah. tied to the university in Youngstown at Youngstown State before he even went to Ohio State, so you probably knew him before you, you even yeah. went to Ohio State.
4: I sure did, and I mean, he won like five national championships right. at YSU, you know, or something like that, so right. well-known, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think back to him getting a job at Ohio State, you know, that was three years before I... I went there, but it was just, you know, every God was in the details, every step of the way, right. you know, cause right. I'm not, I'm not sure that he would have even known who I was because mm-hmm. I think uh, Coach Russell was on the coaching staff and my dad was at Ohio state. So wow. again, just all the the ties and, and how God uh, weaves and wovens his life. Like just, it, it, it's just amazing. Even me just sitting there talking to you, I never even really <laughs> put it all together in that aspect, but um uh, just, just moving along through the journey. I, I get down in Columbus, you know, Ohio State. Uh, dream come true. Uh, just an amazing opportunity. And you know, I, I just wasn't for sure uh, if I could be real honest and transparent with you. Like I, I wasn't, I was for sure that I measured up to the level of talent that I was, you know, about to be competing with. Because I, we had a, um, it was a platform called JJ Hutter. I don't even know if it still exists um but what it was was like a recruiting website where people you know they talked about who was being recruited and everything else and you know they will i I will i will read the comments unfortunately what they would say about me oh they shouldn't be recruiting him like that's the last, you know so i was reading that stuff and, and taking it in so when i got to ohio state almost you know I didn't feel like I belonged, you know, mm-hmm. it was, you know, Ted again, you know, the number one right. top recruit right. in the country, you know, mm-hmm. so he's coming in and Marcus Freeman and, you know, we got these, we got some big hitters coming in and here I am just a guy from Hubbard, Ohio, you know, 5'10", 165 uh, corner. Right. So uh, we get there and I, and I know pretty quickly that I had to figure out a way to make a name for myself, um, which it, I, I just switched my, I remember just changing my thought process. Like I'm not going to be afraid of anything that comes at me
3: and mm-hmm. I'm going to take
4: it head on. Mm-hmm. So any chance I got to make contact with somebody, any chance I got to hit, I want to make sure they knew I was there. So right. that's kind of the mentality that I took on while I was at Ohio state. And you know, my teammates started knowing me for it. Like, you know, Oh, Sean Hill, he laid wood on you. You, 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 <laughs> you watch out. <laughs> you watch out. Head so, on a swivel. Head on a swivel. <laughs> yeah, man. Keep it on a swivel. So, um, that's kind of what I uh, adopted was that mentality of, you know, going all out, mm-hmm. uh, trying to, when you arrive on the scene, everybody needs to know you there. And mm-hmm. so you, you you come in with, you, you bring some heat, you bring some wood to the party. So, right. I, again, I adopted that mentality, and, I, and that's how I went at everything um, that I did at Ohio State. Um, it, one of the unique stories was, uh, here I am, so I'm going into my racial freshman, freshman year, Um we're in camp. I'm a number two. I'm right behind uh, Tyler Everett. I think he was he was a senior that year, and we had a freshman come in that was pretty good, you know, but again, he was behind me. His freshman name was Malcolm Jenkins so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. okay. so we got a freshman come in I'm a two Malcolm's a three, and that summer we had some guys that got uh, got into trouble on campus, so they got suspended from the team uh, so they couldn't participate in camp. Um. So here we are the Second week of camp Again, I'm I'm number two in the depth chart And they come to my room uh, My hotel room and say Hey, we're going to need you to switch over to uh, running back We don't have enough running backs on on. <laughs> I'm much. Well, hey, serious hey, hey, list,
3: list your tail of the tape Five, ten yeah, Yes
4: Five ten that? by 170, 175 at this time. So
3: there's not a my 175 tailbacks in the college no, football. Not <laughs> especially not in the Big Ten, you know, no, especially not the Big Ten. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
4: So I'm like, oh, uh, okay, you know, the team player. Like, all right, I'll do it because I play. I play running back in, in high school. Um, so they, they switched me over. You know, we get to. We get to uh, first the beginning of the game, so of course Malcolm moves up. He's a he's a two now, and you know I'm on I'm on a depth chart, and I think I'm third on and running back third or fourth. And then not to mention that we already knew within the year that Beanie Wells is on his way. You know he had already committed. He's saying, a top. i
3: was gonna <laughs> say who was who so, in front of you because I mean I know okay. OSU is like RBU, so Yeah. <laughs>
4: who was in front? We of you? had
3: like we had like
4: Brandon Joe and uh, Brian. Think the name was uh, Snicker. So like we had some guys that were. You know, filling in, and uh, but we just didn't have that dominant that dominant threat. You know, some of the guys again that got in trouble that wasn't even. Uh, we had Antonio Pittman; he was there, right, right. So right. he was the main guy. I Me and him actually came in the same year, uh, so he was our, our main guy. So there there was backs, you know, but yeah. they didn't feel like the depth was was there. So again, I switch over. Uh, so I will switch over first game of the season. We're playing against Texas. And Vince Young is a quarterback. It's right. at home, right. Uh, and it is rocking. I mean that that game was rocking. It was probably one of the loudest next to the mission game. Uh, it was probably one of the loudest I've ever heard of Ohio Stadium. Uh,
3: and that was the game of the week, life. right? Whatever night that is. What is that? Saturday yep. night or Monday night? Yep. Whatever, whatever it is. Yep. It was a Sunday know. night game. Yep. So yeah, it was yep. a big deal. I, I do remember. Again, I'm I'm not an OSU fan. I'm I mean, not. A, you know, I don't. I'm not a hater. I'm just not. I'm a Carolina fan. So. But, you know, I watch sports when they're on TV, and I remember that game specifically. I mean, yeah. I, I do remember that game, and it was like the game of the week. It was a, There was a ton of buildup, because what was the ranking uh, at the time? I think it was like, right? I mean, I think that was this was the game, the game. before the yeah. season, right? Like this was, because yep. you always have a couple of those circles on your calendar, and this was the game. I do remember that.
4: Yep, I mean, you figured you had about, between both teams, you probably have about six or seven guys that went first round just right. in that game, you know. Right. So right. it was a, you know, an AJ Hawk, the Barbie Carpenters, the Vince Young's. I mean, it was a lot of Dante Whitners uh playing in that game. Uh so again, here it is. It's the we in the first quarter. I think we might have been the second kickoff of the game. And our uh, our starting corner gets hurt so Tyler Ember gets hurt oh, no. and here it is Malcolm plugged in now he's a starting corner uh, and he ended up starting for the rest of his career like he, yeah, right. he never gave it back right he, he never, he gave, never it gave it back he, never he started back. The, the rest of his career Malcolm Jenkins goes on to win the uh, the Jim Thorpe award for the top uh, defensive back in the country first round draft pick to the Saints I mean and there, there would be times that I would say man that, that should have been that should have been me like, yeah. that should have been me. Right. You know, that that should have been me that would have been in that in, a, in that space. Um, and it wasn't until later on, just a few years ago, where I really started to put together why I wasn't, why maybe it wasn't me again. I don't, we don't understand God's plans and why he does mm-hmm. things, but sometimes he gives us a, a brief glimpse into, you know, his planning and, and the things that he had in store. But, you know, that year, so not only was I not, uh, I was on offense and the guy that was behind me was now the starter, but I think it was the, Seventh game into the season, I tore my ACL in, at Minnesota. So, going down covering a punt, it was an all contact. I just was running and I kind of felt it pop and mm. ran off the field. And yeah, so that was the first real adversity that I faced at Ohio State trying to come back and, um, you know, come back from that rehab. But again, the mentality of going at everything as hard as I could because I already felt like I was, uh, didn't measure up, if you will, to the talent, the the, the skill level, the size of these guys that we were playing against, so I was gonna bring it bring it with effort. Um, so, you know, I rehabbed real hard. I mean, I rehab, 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 I lived in there. Um, and then, you know, season started. I'm still on, on uh offense. You know, Benny Wells is there. He's obviously taking the spot of uh you know between him and, and Pittman, you know, they were just battling back and forth and I, I get, you know, I think it wasn't until my junior year, my last, my redshirt junior year, I, I finally convinced Coach Trust to allow me to transfer back over to uh, defensive back um, because I knew that if I had a chance in the NFL, um, that it was going to be as a, a defensive back, not a, not a running back. At that mm-hmm. time, again, that was my, my thought. So I'm thinking about my family. I'm thinking about, um, you know, th- the the change I could make to to not only my family but the generations of my family afterwards again with the proper planning of course mm-hmm. um, but that was always in the back of my head being that that ticket being that opportunity being that that source of removing us from the, not necessarily poverty but from living the life that we grew up grew up living um, where just just barely getting by is enough you know that a that's, that's mentality um, mm-hmm. that that we we grew up with so. You know, I, I'm uh, I get I jump on the scene to get, get a chance to switch back. But once I switch back to um, defensive back, you know I'm third on the depth chart. I got like two shirt freshmen in front of me. You know, so some guys that were playing some good ball too. So it was just an uphill battle to try to even get back in the starting rotation. So I had to make a name for myself, kind of in special teams, uh, where I was get out just making plays. That's what it, mm-hmm. was. it was. It was effort and you know grit. You know, trying to make it happen. So. Um, yeah I, I i made kind of made a name for myself on special teams you know recover punts force and fumbles um it, it just uh again just just giving all the effort that i had um during this time frame um me and my my wife now we have my oldest daughter so <laughs> uh here i am a dad you know, i had in my junior year uh of, of college and i share with that with you guys because uh you know that was at the time it was like yeah I remember having the conversation I remember having to share it with my mom you know and it was you know the last thing she was trying to hear mm-hmm. um, not necessarily hear but the last thing that she felt that I needed or I, that I actually needed from a standpoint of being focused on the task that I had at hand from being in college and, and being a college athlete yeah uh, but some of the stuff I learned during fatherhood um, mm-hmm. it, it definitely helped me later on in life again God. He does all these different things. At the time, we don't see it. We don't, we don't understand it. We don't understand the move. And it can seem as if it was a, not a mistake, but it was a, something that – it was an opportunity that we, we shouldn't have took advantage of, if you right. will. Um, yeah. So navigating uh, through that fatherhood, and, you know, I remember me and my, uh, my wife now, Tiara, have a one. we had one car, um, and she worked in Marysville. We lived in Hilliard. She worked in Marysville. Then I had so we would have to get her there by six o'clock in the morning. Uh, then I had to get my daughter to the daycare, which was on the east side on Livingston, and then I would have to get to class. So we were doing that like every morning, and then go to practice, get out of practice, go pick her up in Marysville, and then go pick up the baby. So it was leaving the house by five fifteen in the morning, and probably not get back to maybe. You know, eight thirty, and then doing your the schoolwork after you get home, and still trying to be a father. So, right, um, it, it just uh, think about those times. I don't know how we did it, you right. know, but again, it right. built up character, built up grit uh, to prepare me for what I was going to face later on in life. Um, so, I mean, I, we jumped to my my uh, the last game of the season, my uh, senior year. We had a Fiesta Bowl playing against Texas again. Uh, Colt McCoy, I believe, was the quarterback at this time, and I remember that day. Um, you know just waking up january the 5th 2009 um i'm in a hotel we stayed in fairmont princess which is one of the nicest hotels that you ever <laughs> yeah um uh, and i woke up and my, my roommate was already out of the room and i'm just sitting there on a the bed looking up at the sky and i just felt you know uh, i knew that i was blessed i knew that god gave me so much opportunity and, and so much talent and um just the position that I was in wasn't the position that a lot of people had the opportunity to be in. So I was just thankful, man. Like I was sitting there, like, you know what, Lord, I, I just thank you for this moment, for this opportunity. I don't know what comes of it. I don't know what comes after it. But I'm just, I just, I'm just thankful. And I, I, I won't say I've never had the feeling that feeling before, but I've never had that feeling to that effect where I just paused and sat in the the gratitude of the opportunity that I had. Um, so I just sat there and just was like, man. And it was just a brief you know maybe five or ten minutes but i just vividly remember that mm-hmm. just sitting on the edge of my bed and thanking god for you know just everything that i had up to that point so
1: hey everyone my name is cammy Pranell, and i'm the executive director for my unscripted we hope you are enjoying today's interview my unscripted is dedicated to helping others find their voice passion and follow their dreams our team can help create websites apps YouTube channels, podcasts, media, and social content. Whatever your passion and vision, we can help. Our good friend, Manny Ahomi of Samaritan's Feet, once said, make sure your dreams and goals are big enough to create room for others to join you. We've created room for you to join us too. Find out more at myunscripted.com. Now let's join Aaron for the second half of today's interview.
3: When you get that sense, when you get that moment of, uh, I'm not sure what that was, you know, Uh, a lot of times you really need to lock in on that and you may not know it until years later or moments later. Uh, And so let's, let's cue back in on your story because I think you were about to find out why you just heard that.
4: Yeah. And again, I didn't just like, it's funny you say that because I wasn't even listening for God. I'll be, I'll be dead honest with you at that time. I was not the last thing on my my mind, but it wasn't first or second, you know? So, um, and just, you know, having that moment, you know, which I think prepared me for that that night. So we go out to take the field against uh, Texas, and here we are, second um, second quarter of the game, and we're kicking off. I think we had just scored, and I'm running down on kickoff, and and I, I mean I'm, I'm telling you just how I saw it. So I'm running down, and it felt as if everybody moved out the way, <laughs> like it like just pause and everybody moved like a commercial. And it's just me and a guy that's running the ball. And I see him, he sees me, and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm about to knock this dude out. Like, that, that's what I thought in my head. Like, <laughs> I'm going, I'm not even going to break down and tackle this dude. I'm going to try to run straight through him. So that's what I did. I took off. But normally, I, I kind of, in a normal approach, I kind of throttle down and make sure I'm making a tackle. But I was going for it. You know, I'm just trying to blow him up. Either I'm like hit him good or I'm 100% missed, and I'm okay with both. Uh, so I just <laughs> ran at full speed. <laughs> and so I go and I hit him. And right when I hit him, I felt a loud humming in my ear. And it was like almost as if i I never been struck by lightning, but I can almost um, I, will, I will compare probably to that. that. That may be the sense or sensation that I felt when I hit him and everything just froze up like boom. So I hit him. I rolled over on the ground, and I just knew right at the moment that something was off. I didn't know what. I just knew something was off. I heard the crowd kind of say, ooh, when I hit him, so I knew I got him. But it just was something was off. So um, as I'm laying here, one of my teammates, his name A.G., he picks me up. He's celebrating. you know, So he picks me up off the ground, you know, and he's trying to celebrate. And I asked him, I said, A.G., where's my arm at? And he said, what? I said, where's my arm at? He said, it's there, man. It's there. You know, yeah. so yeah. at that point, the trainers are already running out because they can, I guess they could tell something was off. So he laid me back down on the ground and I'm just sitting there looking up at the at the ceiling of the, the, the stadium and I'm like, You know, what? what? I, I didn't know. I just didn't know what had just happened. But I did know at that time that I couldn't feel anything on the right side of my body. I couldn't feel my arm or my leg.
3: Mm-hmm. And
4: I'm just, I'm just laying there looking up, thinking like. You know, no, no way, no, no way, did something like this I don't know what happened, but no way did it just happen like i'm I'm gonna come back, and everything's gonna be okay- everything's gonna be okay, everything's gonna be fine. This is me talking to myself, and I like to joke around a lot, so I find myself trying to joke around with myself mm-hmm. and other people in that moment, um just to bring light to the situation as if it wasn't that serious, uh so again, the trainers get out there, they're kind of filling up my past, trying to see what's going on um as I lay there on the ground, my leg just randomly started twitching. and came back to me. Like mm-hmm. to this day, I don't know why or what caused it, but it, it just, it just came back. So I was able to move my leg, but I still couldn't move my arm. So they pulled a stretcher out and put me on the stretcher. Uh, they're, they're rolling me out and going to the hospital. Strangely enough, this was the first uh, bowl game my mom had ever made it to. So my mom was out there. Mm-hmm. My wife was out there. So mm-hmm. fortunate in that aspect. Uh, but yeah, they transport me over to the, uh, to the hospital and uh, start running all types of different crazy tests. And uh, again, just not, not even knowing what, what actually happened, what, you know, what the issue was, but in my mind, I'm thinking how quick can I get back uh, on the field? How quick can I get back to, you know, chasing this dream of fulfilling this dream that I have of Mm -hmm. being a professional football player and being able to provide for not only my my girlfriend at the time and my daughter, but my mom and my siblings and other people in my family, being being able to be a resource for them. So,
2: When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations, like getting complaints because someone on the team always smells horrible. You better talk to Bambi or someone isn't showing up when they're supposed to talk to Bambi or an employer reports a serious issue like sexual harassment. And you're not sure if you have a documented policy. You really need to talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. HR managers can easily cost eighty grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 per month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Visit Bambi.com slash assistant right now. Spelled Bambi.com slash assistant. Bambi.com slash assistant.
0: Texting privacy policy
2: and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stopped, opt out.
1: Read. Thank you so much. Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just thirty days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar. Text the word kid to thirty two thirty two thirty two right now. It's fast and easy. Text kid to thirty two thirty two thirty two and teach your child to read in just thirty days, guaranteed. Text the word kid to thirty two thirty two thirty two. Text kid to thirty two thirty two
4: thirty two. That happens. I'm laying in the land this in a hospital bed. And- everything was off. Like everything was off about my body. Like I couldn't, if I had to use the bathroom, I couldn't even hold it. Like I had to go right. I, it, it, the body was just off, man. Well, wow. it, it was, it was, yeah. Going through that, that shock. Um, so I was in a hospital for maybe, um, two or th- three or four days in Arizona, even after the team went back, you know, of course, trusting everybody. They, a couple guys came out seeing me at the hospital and I just, wow. I didn't know what, what, what the future held. I didn't know at all. Um, I, I was worried, uh, but I, I think that I tried to block out one thing, and it's, I think it was a, a skill that I developed. But it was also it, it prevented me from sometimes enjoying the now. Was always always looking for the next thing. Like, okay, I got this. I, I'm looking forward to coming back. Like, mm-hmm. I, I I just wasn't trying to be in that moment. I was looking for, okay, I'll be able to try. I'll be able to do this and that and. Uh, I was always looking forward, always looking forward. But, again, I, I think about that now. Sometimes it, it prevented me from enjoying the now, mm-hmm. the, the moment that I was in. Because, uh, I mean, the reality is the only thing we actually ever have is now. We look forward to tomorrow, but we, we don't get tomorrow until it's now. Like even right. an hour from now, we don't get that hour until it's now. So right. being, being conscious and aware and intentional about enjoying the now is so important in life. I mean, I'm learning as I see my, my girls, my, my daughters grow up so fast before mm-hmm. me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, slow down.
3: Well, and I think um, over the last two years, we've learned that more than ever is. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we had, you know, we we had plans and, and, and dreams and goals and all those things. And then, two, you know, over the last two years, that's all been taken away from us. Our ability to make a decision even um, with regard to our even, you know, and I'm not I'm not. I'm not talking political. I'm not talking any of that stuff. I'm just saying it, it, every one of us over the last year, like our lives have been disrupted, you know, for a long time. It was okay. I'm going to, I got my, I got my 10 year plan, my five year plan, three year plan, whatever it is. And we just go do it. Well, over the last two years, I think most, even the people that are, that are the most structured people I know have had to adjust to, okay, well, actually I don't have any plans. I got today. Right. I've got this yeah. moment like, you know, like you said, I got this hour I have, I have today. I have my plans today. Cause, and you know, God knows, especially what's going on right now in the world with, you yeah. know, uh, what's going on with, uh, you know, Russia and Ukraine and all those things like, like we're, we don't know. We do not know what's going to happen. And um, that's scary, you know, but I think the last two years has really taught us. It's stretched us a little bit. Like you said, man, God's in the details. And I know that's really mm-hmm. weird to make that analogy or that, um, uh, you know, connection <laughs> right now, you know. But at the same time, God's in the details. My wife and I just had this conversation over dinner the other night. Like we were talking and about the world. And, you know, and yeah. she said, like, she's like, God knew. God knows, and that's yeah. really hard to get your head around. How God God knows even the bad that's going on right now, mm-hmm. but she's like, He's allowed it. He's allowed it. Yeah. He's aware, you know. And that's uh, that was a good reminder for me. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Back to your right. story, Arizona.
4: <laughs> You're good. <laughs> yeah, you talk about God being. I mean, He knows. He, he He wrote the book before. He finished the book before he started it. So I mean, mm. everything is already done. So it's just playing out. Mm -hmm. And everything works together for the good. Like, Mm -hmm. and I just, you know, again, with my story and and having this uh, injury, which uh, once we were able to get the testing done and they found out it was called called a brachial plexus injury, which a brachial plexus is is the nerves that go from your spinal cord into your arm. Mm -hmm. So it's really the pathway in which the brain can get the message to your arms and your fingers to, to move whichever way it needs to. So when I hit the guy, the, uh, the, the force of it pretty much ruptured the brachial plexus from my spinal cord. So hmm. it just ripped out. It just pretty much got rid of that, that highway uh, of communication. So my brain is not able to get the message to my arm to move. Hmm. Um, so when it, when it first happened, they thought it was just a stretching of it. Because you can have where it stretches, and then over time it comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, and just uh, they really no timetable, it just comes back but then you have what's called an avulsion which was my case where you completely sever the brachial plexus from the from the spinal cord so mm-hmm. there's not much really that they can they can do. I went through a couple of surgeries, had a couple 12-hour surgeries I had to go out to St. Louis, Washington University uh, again out in, in Washington U I think it's called in St. Louis and seen some specialists and had surgeries and you know, very little minimal results. So I was uh, left here with the realization that this is going to be my, my new my life, mm-hmm. uh, my life, if you will, trying to figure out how to uh, operate in a majority world, meaning majority of people have two arms uh, hmm. to to operate with, to function with, to do tasks with. But that was that what that wasn't me anymore. So I went from being um, what I considered a high level athlete um, to, you know, almost being like feeling like I'm less than normal, you mm-hmm. know. So it was, it was a, a big pendulum swing from there to where I was at um, just in my, my own value. Because to that point, I really valued myself as an a athlete, as a football player. Right. Um, and that's where I spent most of my time doing. That's where I just felt like um, that's who I was. But it, it was at this instant that, you know, that – that building that I had built myself up on was not on a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. And right after that injury was when the foundation of it all crumbled. Uh, so here I'm left with myself, uh, just not knowing what, you know, what my purpose was for life. Um, you know, I'm at home again. This happened January the 5th, 2009. Um, and I'm at, I'm at home with my daughter. My daughter's almost two at this time. Uh, and my wife is working, uh, supporting supporting us all. You know, she had to really do everything um, for us. We couldn't. I, I couldn't work. I didn't. I didn't have any income. I had already graduated, so I wasn't getting financial support from Ohio State. Uh, I just had to figure it out, um, which figured out meant you know her taking care of our family. Uh, it was and it was a. It really struck me because you know I grew up in a system, having to get, my mom had to get food stamps, had to get, had to get, you know, different government assistance be on different programs. And here I was, like, I, I said that that was never going to be me. Mm-hmm. And that, that was where I was at at this time. We just didn't have. So mm-hmm. had to get government assistance, had to get different things just to survive. Um, went from being an Ohio State football player, um, college degree, athlete, potential uh, NFL hopes to in the system, you know, having to get food stamps to survive. And it, it was just a, a big swing. Um, and you had to teach I yourself.
3: I, I'm sorry, Sean. You had to teach yourself because it's your it's your right hand, right? Mm-hmm. It's your dominant yeah. hand. So you now had to so. become left-handed. Which Absolutely. I'm not. Were you ambidextrous before that? Because I'm not. I'm not, and I know my left hand's useless. <laughs> like my, nope. I, I, for me to, to, I can't write. I mean, I can't throw. I can't do any of those things. So you now had to now on top of everything else, correct? Yeah. You had to now learn how to use your left hand
4: mm-hmm. uh,
3: for everything that that you have used your right hand. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Had to on top everything. of
4: everything else. I mean, yeah, Writing all of it. I mean, it was just right. a, a whole new phase, whole new journey of uh, of life that I was entering in. Um, and I, I think about I told you guys I had my, my daughter, and it, it from January to maybe September, I barely left the house. Mm-hmm. I might have left the house a total of I could probably count on one hand how many times I actually left outside of our house. I just didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. I didn't mm-hmm. feel comfortable being outside. I lost so much weight at that time. Like it was just I mean I, I was already I wasn't that big to begin with, you know. I might have lost fifteen pounds within a couple weeks of it. Wow. Um, and, you know, I just didn't, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. I was, I wouldn't call it a depression, but I mean, if you talk to my wife, uh, she probably would tell you otherwise, but I just wasn't in a good place. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, what, what was my, my, uh, my yeah. what drove me at that time? What was the gasoline in my tank at the time was my daughter. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I got
4: to spend so much time with her at home because we didn't put her in daycare. I just was at home with her. Um, so my wife would go to work and, you know, come back, but I spent all those days, just me and her at the house, you know, and our relationship grew and, you know, that was my why at the time. That's what kept me going. That's what, um, made me want to do better at life. So I, you know, I would spend, uh, so many nights on a computer trying to figure out ways to make money from home. Like I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't go to sleep during the day. I mean,
3: yeah.
4: I would be up literally hours trying to, um. Uh, figure out ways to, you know, how can I make money?
3: Mm-hmm. How can
4: I you know it it just wanting to be home, so mm-hmm. that was a, it was it was unique. Um but it was it was my it was my fuel. My fuel mm-hmm. to go. Um my fuel to keep going because there was somebody dependent on me uh for their well being, you know, mm-hmm. so that was that, that was that, that season of life. And then it wasn't until I started working, actually, one of my friends referred me to Nationwide Assurance. I got a job at Nationwide. It wasn't until that point that things kind of start trying to, the ball start rolling to some level of normalcy. I mm-hmm. uh, worked at a call center doing uh, mutual fund exchanges, um, all of which I was teaching myself to write while I was there. I remember, I right. mean, you can barely understand how. I could yeah. barely read my own handwriting at that exactly. time. but. You know nationwide gave me a chance they brought me in, and you know I learned so much there and just just my first real experience with the corporate world as well um mm-hmm. because I went from high school to college to you know here I was, but you know that journey of that getting that injury and where I was during that season of life was just so so challenging mm-hmm. um because I didn't know who I was I honestly did did not right. know who I was. Uh, I grew up, as I mentioned, in the church, uh, but uh, you know what? What I learned was religion. Uh, I didn't have relationship, yeah,
3: uh, so
4: I knew about what I shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. I knew about the things that I should do, uh, but again, I think it was part, of and the Bible says that. Like we, I know what I should,
0: mm-hmm. I know
4: what I shouldn't do, and I do it. And I know what I should do, and I don't do it. I mean, that's right. I think I, right. that's, all of us can attest to that, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where I was at. But I, I wasn't really building on um, my relationship with Christ. And it wasn't really until I started focusing on that me, who he was in my life, as opposed to him, which he is, being the God of the universe.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, you know, it, it wasn't until that time that I really started seeing some real progress, um, not only in my spiritual life but in my personal life. My mm-hmm. wife, she put up with a lot, man. I, I couldn't imagine putting up with myself at that time. Um, it, it was uh, it was a dark it was a dark season of life. That I kind of block out, you know. My I, I talked to my wife about it at times, and she she said, "Well, don't." She said, "When you talk to people, don't just breeze over it like it was just a couple months. Actually, that was a that was a time of your life that was a, a determining, you know, a, a pivotal moment um, mm-hmm. that propelled you to to where you are where you are now. And I'm still in this moment, still learning different lessons. Yeah. Uh, I shared with you that, um, you know, you know, Malcolm Jenkins came in. Um, at Ohio State and then all that. you know, I get switched positions and then he's a starter and he goes on to make this big career. And he's, I'm pretty sure he's still in the NFL, I think 15, 16 years later. Uh, but something that stuck out to me was during, um, during COVID and the shutdowns and then also during the time where um, this big racial tension was going on in our country and this right. divide and Black Lives Matter and um, if you look at who was the spokesman, if you will, for the NFL during this call for equality, it was Malcolm. Wow, it was Malcolm Jenkins. Right. And I remember seeing him on TV, which we're we're still we're still friends. Uh, we're still friends, but I remember seeing him on TV, and I thought, I don't know if I could have did that. Like wow. if if I would have been that person in that seat in the rows I don't know I, if I would have been my person. I wouldn't probably wouldn't have been the person that would have spoke out and been a voice for hurting people. Not saying that I can't, but I just don't see myself being that person. So it wasn't until just these past few years that I kind of got an understanding or a glimpse into what God was doing way back then right. in 2005. Um, I'm like, wow, guys, you're so good. Mm-hmm. You know, you're know, you so good because I, I just I just don't uh, I don't know that I would have been that been that person would have been that voice. Um, would have been willing to put my reputation on the line in a way, in which he did willing to put my income on the line um, for uh, a cost. Not Again, I'm not saying I don't believe in it. I'm not saying I wouldn't have been on board with it, but he led, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's a difference. He was out front. He was the face of it. He was the one headed to going to these meetings, speaking with the owners, uh, speaking with, you know, different organizations and figuring out ways to, to move the needle in the right direction. So uh, again, that was just something that God revealed to me within the last couple of years. That you know, I didn't. He, he he has this. He he he's in the details. Like I said, he's in all all the details. So, I mean, just just an amazing experience that I and had. I have to
3: tell you. So for people that don't know you, and I've, I've had the blessing of meeting you, uh, you know, a handful of times. Um, you know, I'm, I was familiar with you before that, and. Uh, what I was familiar with is that, that you're a guy of, of great energy, uh, great passion, uh, great joy. Um, and this is before I even knew your story. I mean, this is the honest truth. Like, my wife came home one night from a, a women's group uh, that you had attended with her women's group, and you shared your story there. And she could not stop talking about your story. She just kept telling, you know, more and more and more and all the details. And um, and then I was like, all right, got to meet this guy. <laughs> I have to meet him. And I was already familiar with you. But, but what's amazing as you're talking is... Um, the way that you have, I have to think anyone listening to this, they've identified with something in the, your story. Um, you know, uh, the thing that ju- you just talked about—that could have been bitterness. That could have been bitterness. It could have been anger. It could have been resentment uh, towards him. You know, and yet you've 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 worked through that. And there's times in our lives where we're going to be faced with somebody's going to get that promotion. Somebody's going to whatever, whatever that we feel, uh, like was ours. It should have been ours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you can either hold on to that and, and it can eat you up and be prison. You can be a prisoner of it, or you can deal with it. And it sounds like you dealt with it. Uh, there's obviously the physical, you know, challenges that you've had. Mm-hmm. Again, I can, I can either shut it down and not leave the house like you said for, for, and, and I trust me, if it was me, I probably still wouldn't left the house. Um, so I give you credit because, you know, that's a season and you work through that season, but even in even in that season you found your why and that was your daughter. And so uh I commend you for that. So, you know, there as you were telling this story, what I think is anybody listening, you have there there had to be something in there that you identify with, whether it was somebody else getting a promotion, um, you know, something you feel like you set your life up on, was stripped from you, whatever it might be, man. And, and the other thought I had while you were talking was, uh, I heard a quote a few weeks ago that said, the God of your mountaintop is also the God of your valley. Uh-huh. And man, that's yeah. wow, how powerful that is, right? Because we, we like to celebrate the God of our mountaintop, you know?
0: Uh-huh. Like, God is good, God is good.
3: And and yet, I don't know that we always acknowledge that's the same God when we're in the valley. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and we want to... Um, we want to share our frustration with him when we're in the valley, but we don't always praise him when we're on the mountain. And so you, yeah. you've you been through both. Um, and as you were talking, I was thinking about that. Like, you didn't lose focus of that, and he never left you. Um, I don't know, man, there's just so much to your story. I think we could probably go on for hours and hours and hours, but uh, I'm so thankful that you would come on and share it, because I can't wait for other people to hear it. But it's not over. because. Nah. So, so since that time, uh, where are you now? Like there's a, you're, you're, you're doing a lot and you have done a lot and you're making an impact for the kingdom. So uh, bring us up to speed. Where are you now?
4: Yeah. So um, yeah, now I'm uh, actually a location pastor of our uh, Rock, at Rock City Church, a our, our short North location. So um, something I never, I, I never seen, I never knew was even in the cars, but again, God is in the details, and he knows, and this all came about off a, off a random conversation that uh, I had with uh, Kyle Young, um, met him because I was, they were looking to have someone speak at an event, mm-hmm. um, and I had I, I, I not heard anything about Rock City Church, not known anything about it, so, you know, I got a chance to meet with Kyle, and he just was a, a, a person of high character, and you know, a person with energy and it's just a good person to be around. So I got to spend the time with him. So I go to Rock City church and then, you know, look at it, look at it now. I'm able to full time, spend my time, um, working in the ministry, uh, and making heaven full. Like that, that's our, that's our vision. That's our mission. This is making heaven full and, and helping others to try to find value in themselves, all value, which can be found in Christ. Um, oftentimes we look and we plant our seeds in other places but there's no better soil uh than than the soil that, that, that God has and, and the way in which he can the way in which he can grow. So right now as you go around watering seeds, man, and mm-hmm. uh thanking God for for the harvest. Um I thank God for you know the, the mentality because with this injury, there's a lot of things that I've learned from it. One, how to manage pain because it's you know anytime you have nerve damage um, it's constant pain all days, but I, I've been able to take my mind to a certain place where wow. I can still function and go, you know, regardless of it. Um, secondly, I have to figure out how to do things. Uh, I often critically think a lot of stuff, like how can I get all these groceries in the house on one trip, you know? So
0: <laughs> just little <laughs> random you stuff, you
4: know. It's not just a, you know, you really have to think about different things, and you know, yeah. so from time I shoot with one hand to. But that's how I approach my business life, too. So I do, I do real estate, you know, me and my wife, we, we buy houses and we rehab and we sell them. And that's that's my approach to it, thinking of different ways I could do it. That Again, that where it won't take up a lot of my time, where I can still be focused on, on God's kingdom and, and how I can uh, play a part in that. But at the same time, providing a good product uh, in real estate. So it's just the the way that I've been trained to think because of this. Uh, injury. It's just it, it's been so uh, important uh, and so fruitful to my life um, that I've, I know I probably wouldn't be I wouldn't have this uh, this way of thinking this capacity to operate in which I do if it had not happened. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful to God that He allowed me to reach this level uh, of thinking. There's so much so much more to go, so many more levels to achieve, uh, so much more to the story. Mm-hmm. But at this time, I'm just so I, I'm 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 glad, I'm grateful, um, and my hope is that I can just be a, a source of of hope to anybody. Anywhere, I don't I don't go out and share my story often, but if someone comes to me and say, "Hey, I think this might help somebody," just sign me up. I'm there. I'll share. I'll do what I can to help others because I think that's where my real real passion. I think I, You know, we all looking for our purpose. I think that's where my purpose is, is trying trying to help others mm-hmm. uh, achieve different levels and get them to places.
3: Well, where God asked for them to be, so. Well, you, I, I don't want to correct you. You said you don't share your story often, and I want to say yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'll I'm that, to say. Yeah. All right. No. I, anyway. All right. No, I, I'm going to leave it at that. You don't share your story often yet, because uh, I think mm-hmm. you have a platform and a personality, and I want to go back to what you just said because I don't want to breeze over that. Uh, you're running a business, and. Yeah. Uh, But again, you just said, man, when you said that, like, I don't, I want people to understand in case they missed it, you have to figure out how to tie your shoe with one hand. Yeah. Dude, that's something that like, we take that for granted. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I want people to hear that just in case, because you uh, you breezed over it like it was nothing. I guarantee you, I can't tie a shoe with one hand right now. I can't. There's zero (laughs) chance uh, I can do that. That's, that's a daily You know, and I'm sure by now you've probably figured it out but at some moment, there was a moment where you said, all right, I got to figure this out. And so Uh please, anyone listening to this, appreciate the fact that this man has gone through what he's gone through. Uh, He's sitting here and on video, you can see he's got a smile on his face uh, that you always see. Every time I've ever seen you, man, you got that smile on your face. You are, you are literally, you just, you ooze enthusiasm. And and again, I don't want people to miss the fact that in case you didn't go back and listen to the story again, uh, you have every reason to be bitter, angry, frustrated, uh, and, and, you know, literally, uh, you have every reason. And here you sit smiling, uh, as, as big as you can smile, uh, affecting all those around you, including a women's group that you visited one night. Uh, and I'm sure at rock city and all the the ways that you're ministering there, um, Man, I just have nothing but, but so much respect and, and uh, you know, we, we I have so much love for you because um, I just think we take for granted, you know, uh, I've said this on so many podcasts. There's a lyric that says you better take your so-called problems and put them in quotations because yeah. there's always, you know, there's always someone else, man, that, that's dealing with something that, you know, again, gas prices are high right now. Everybody's complaining nice. about it. You had to figure out how to tie your shoe in one hand. Like... You see what I'm saying? I mean, in a big picture, our our <laughs> yeah. problems, air quotes, man, they're they're not problems. Uh, not to somebody else. Uh, and right. the way that you have taken your life and and, and just uh, said, okay, God, um, I'm going to... And, and yet, look back and seeing how God was faithful and how he has interwoven your story. Man, it's so powerful. That's why I couldn't wait to get yeah. you on. I've been bugging you for a while <laughs> because I couldn't wait to get you on and I can't wait to get you, uh, in front of other people because your story is powerful. And any chance I have to share you with any audience, uh, because I know you, you are going to impact other people. And that's, awesome. uh, that is your why, but let's just say this, uh, you spoke about your wife being your daughter. You got a baller at home, man. She's good.
4: Yeah, she, uh, she's been gifted. You know, we're grateful for the gifted talent. Good, <laughs> man. Also, she's really good. You know, she's, uh, she's been having good, I think she got 13 all state this year as a freshman. So, I'll see.
3: um,
4: yeah, she's a really good, she's a good athlete. Um, we, we, we actually put her in, uh, Christian school in the tree of life. So that's what she's attending, uh, because as a, as a parent, I'm trying to, you know, make sure that I'm focused on, you know, her, her salvation and her development with, with Christ. Uh, and we're really relying on God to do the rest in regards to the opportunity. The talent's there, you know, and uh, we truly believe we're trying to figure out God didn't give me the talent just to play basketball, just mm-hmm. like he didn't give me the ability to run and jump just to play football. Mm-hmm. But it's so much more that has come from those talents, from those opportunities that he presented me with uh, that now I can have, or now I'm invited to this type of platform where people will listen to me um i don't think i don't know that would be the same if he didn't give me those talents and and those abilities so you know it's just how how can we how can we serve god in the midst of uh being humble uh and grateful for what he did give us because that's something that's that's normally the hardest thing to be grateful for is the the things that we were given that we didn't Mm -hmm. have to work for which uh again i believe that my daughter she works i'm not gonna say she don't do any work but uh just I think she's still riding that wave with talent too. That right. thank God was there, there super generous in that mm-hmm. aspect. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. But yeah, man, we're we're we're, th- we're thankful. Me, and my wife is. <laughs> we're just talking about her schedule, trying to navigate through the through it because um, she's uh, track season now, and she's doing AAU basketball. So, but the you, you, I get to see it from this aspect of of a parent
3: because
4: mm-hmm. uh, you know living out what I had a chance to live out. Uh, but on the other end, so it's it's a blessing um, that you know she not only has the talent, but she has the mind to want to do it, to want to get better, to stay out of trouble. Um, but hey, she got a mind to love the Lord too. So this, That's this awesome. yeah,
3: which is well, a great, great role model. model. And and again, I go back Thank to you. the fact that at the earliest times when that that cement was really really wet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what I mean, uh, you were there to help mold and shape who she is today. And she knows your story on top of everything else. And so she has she's got an excellent role model and and something to look back to that's right in her own home. And it's her dad uh, and his story when she looks at her faith and she starts to create her own faith, as we said, not not her parents faith and not religion, not not just going to church, but actually scripting her faith and who she is. Um, right. she's got a great role model and she doesn't have to look Thank very far any, any farther than her dad and honestly man you know and you probably know this too like I think so many of us form our uh, faith from our dad you know or our relationship with our father because that's right. you know that it's it's such a mirror uh, situation and she's got a great role model man she's got a great role Thank model you. And, and, and they both because you have, you have two daughters correct? I got
4: three three three,
3: three daughters yeah. right, there you go so <laughs> All three, man, all, all three have a wonderful role model in their home. And, and I'm, I've never met your bride, uh, but I'm sure uh, from what I've heard, you know, and, and seen uh, you are a power couple and a wonderful couple and they have great role models in their home. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Appreciate that. Aaron. Um,
4: something I will share before we uh, end it here. Yes, sir. And this is something I just experienced within the last year. Um, you know, I I try to portray myself as being normal. I didn't want people to look at me as if I had a, I don't even call it a disability. So for years, I've always walked around with my hand in my pocket. And I've worked, when I was at Walmart, I worked with people for two years, two or three years before they even knew I had an injury. Because they always seen my hand in my pocket. Well, this past year, uh, we had a staff retreat. And, you know, Pastor Chad challenged us to ask God, like, what is it? What, what do we need to give up? Mm-hmm. You know, God wants to move in our life, but we have to give up something. And I asked him that. And I heard him say my reputation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you mean my reputation? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I work for the church. Everybody knows, you know. Like, mm-hmm. But he said your reputation. So as I was leaving that, that meeting that we had, you know, someone uh, on staff came to me and said, I don't know, I just, you know, just talking to God. So maybe he's asking you to take a step of faith. You know, and I don't know, maybe have you, you know, walk, not have your hand in your pocket. And that was something I was already thinking. But then when she came to me and said that, I'm like, yeah. So that was the, that was the start of my journey. of. So I haven't, uh, since that day, uh, I've been able to experience the freedom uh, of not having my hand in my pocket. Then just <laughs> letting, you know, or, you know, it's out there. And again, it's just, I feel like I gave up my reputation of not trying to look. As if I had—I don't want to say—I have a uh, disability again, but I, I always wanted to hide it so people won't look at me or judge me differently uh, just by that. So, um, and again, this was just—this was just last year that I've been able to experience the freedom of just going about my day, who I am as because it—I mean, it was a—it it was something that I had to—I I couldn't buy certain pants if the pockets weren't big enough to put my hand in it comfortably, you know. Wow. So, right. it was just a lot of stuff I couldn't do, I had to factor in, I had to consider. Uh, simply because I always wore my I always had my hand in my pocket. Um but it was just some freedom I experienced and I'm still learning as I go throughout this journey, but that was the most recent thing that God revealed to me and you know I'm I am i am growing in it and I'm just thankful for it. So I have a challenge to anybody that's listening. Maybe God has something that He wants for for or from you. Um but you have to ask him, like what, what is it that you need to give up hmm. for you for him to step into that space. Uh, to give you a level of freedom that you've probably never experienced before, so I want to encourage you, whoever it might be, if you're hearing this, um, ask God what it is. He, he wants to be involved. We talked about the details. He wants to be involved in every detail of our life, but he won't force himself in. He he wants he wants the invitation. He'll only move on the invitation. So hopefully that's you know that meant something to somebody. But
3: yeah. Well, I can tell you the whole hour has meant something to somebody. If it didn't mean anything to anybody else, it meant something to me. Uh, And and it's meant something to me since the day I met you, since the day it meant something to my wife, since the day she met you. Uh, You are just such a a blessing and a bright light. And... uh, uh, man, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful to have you on and, and to share your story. Can I ask you real quick, um, Yes, sir. whether it's on socials or if you have email or, is it, you know, if somebody, if somebody, something has resonated with somebody and they want to reach out to you, uh, what's the best way to do that? If that's okay for me to ask. Um, if not, just reach out to me and, and I'll put you in touch. But is there, is there an email or a, a, are you on socials, that kind of thing?
4: Yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook, you know, just Sean Lane on on Facebook, or you can get me on Instagram as underscore Sean, S-H-A-U-N underscore Lane, L-A-N-E underscore, so three underscores. Uh, Reach out to me there. My my account is not private. Uh, Feel free to shoot me a direct message or or whatever. Um, I'm always open. I love meeting new people. Uh, I just do. I I really enjoy it because you get to hear a news story, you get to hear about another aspect of God's grace that you may not have even been aware of, man. It's just, it's its always a privilege to, to meet and encounter and, and, and engage with, with people. So yeah, hit me up on uh, social media. That's normally the easiest way to get a hold of me.
3: Well, you're the man. And if not, again, just reach out to me, Aaron at my com, and I will get you in touch or I'll, I'll pass on the message. However, we want to do that. But, um, mm-hmm. And please do that because it's, you know, you took an hour of your time today, uh, you know, to to be here. You you carved out some time to share your story. Um, and I, I, I do. I You know, I genuinely mean it. Um, you know, uh, you are a blessing, man. You, your joy is just so enthusiastic. It's so uh, contagious. And I, I love that about you. And so, man, that was it. I just thank you for your time. Uh, it's been wonderful. And I'm so thankful that you would come on with us.
4: Man, I appreciate the opportunity. Man, I'll be praying for you and your everyone, all the listeners out there. Man, thank you guys for just a moment of your ear.
3: All right. Well, and I don't think we've heard the last from Sean. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> I'm the king of the cliffhangers. So I'll leave the cliffhanger out there. Who knows what that even means? But I just I know we haven't heard the last from you. So uh, you're my you're my brother, man. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Talk soon.
0: Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Unscripted Podcast with your host, Aaron Conrad, from his studio at the Junction in Old Hilliard. Make sure to like, share, follow, and review on your favorite podcast platforms. Also make sure to check out my song Great and Mighty One on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your music. We'll see you next time on Unscripted with Aaron Conrad.
2: your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money. But it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Hey, just wanted to remind you of that time your kicker missed the extra point and lost the game. Even though he literally never missed an extra point, he chose this playoff game to miss. Yeah, I just noticed you hadn't thought about that in a bit. Wouldn't want you to miss, you know, thinking about it. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory. But we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundled discount not available in all states or situations.